Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Rent World Conservative Podcast. Today I have Matthew Dowling from Pennsylvania. He's going to talk to us a little bit today about what is going on in Pennsylvania, what is going on across the country, and what he sees for the future. Matthew, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and just all around about your background. Sure thing. Well, Sam, uh, thank you first for uh, having me on the program today. It's a lot of fun to be able to collaborate with other people around the country and to talk about the important issues that are out there. Um, and, you know, so I just retired from the Pennsylvania House. I served uh, three terms, six years uh, in the General Assembly. Prior to that, uh, I had been involved uh, with the Republican Party, um, really going back to my teenage years, um, before I was old enough to be a young Republican or a college Republican, uh, I had teamed up with a, a young Republicans uh, group, and uh, actually, uh, during the Bob Dole's campaign uh, for president, um, and then I continued to be active through my college years, through my years as a young professional, um, and worked on the McCain-Palin campaign. Um, I've worked a number of, uh, of smaller races um, for Republican candidates uh, throughout the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And, and then I finally put my name on the ballot and, uh, and really enjoyed uh, my time serving the people of Pennsylvania. Matthew, thank, thank you for that insight about yourself, your personal life, and your background. But the first question I want to ask is, America saw what happened on Election Day this November in 2022. Do you think that Republicans across the country and in your state as well, do you think Republicans underperformed with their predicted performance? Everyone thought that there was going to be this big, huge wave. I don't think that wave necessarily happened. So do you think that Republicans underperformed? And if so, why do you think that? Well, listen, I think Republicans really... uh... (laughs) really had a hard time this November and really missed the mark that we we could have had. Look at the approval ratings that Joe Biden has had as of late. And, uh, you know, we're in a midterm right now. You would have thought that um, that things would have leaned uh, to the right in this midterm election. Here in the Pens- in Pennsylvania, one of the issues we have is is uh, the state house, which I served in. Um, right now is at a statistical tie between Democrats and Republicans. 
Um, but that's kind of interesting because we had a death and two resignations post-election already. Um, if I had a crystal ball, I'd say that the Democrats are going to win all three of those special elections, unfortunately. And, uh, and then what we will see is the Democrats for the first time in nearly two decades having control of the, Pen the Pennsylvania Senate will still uh, re remain Republican-led. Um, but the question is, why did we underperform the way we did? And, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think the court's decision on Roe made a huge difference. It uh, immobilized uh, people that are either single-issue voters that uh, are pro-choice or, uh, you know, or just people that lean left uh, overall. Uh, but I think that was one of the biggest factors that led to Republicans um, not doing as as well or faring as well as we should have. Um, you know, look, there there's a lot of other issues on individual races, um, but th that was one of our biggest national uh, things. I, I think there was a, a motivation um, that that really brought out uh, people that are strong pro-choice believers. The other thing I would say is, uh, you know, Republicans overall, and some of this stems from President Trump, have not been believers in mail-in ballots. And I know different states have different policies with mail-in ballots. Uh, we have no excuse absentee ballots here in Pennsylvania uh, now. So anyone for any reason can vote by mail if they want to. The Democrats are outperforming uh, us in those ballots. It's about six to one requests for no excuse absentee ballots here in Pennsylvania. And that means that, you know, they're motivating Aunt Sally to come out and vote. And uh, and we're just we're not doing that. Um, so I think until we embrace and this may be an unpopular um, opinion with my base or with my people, but until we embrace mail in voting, uh, I think the Republicans are going to struggle to to catch up uh, as well. Absolutely. And like you said, mail in ballots. That's something we need to embrace. It's something that we have now. It's something that's going to be here for a while, at least until we get a strong enough Republican majority in the states that we need that have those mail-in ballots to repeal that, I guess you would say. So we, in the meantime, we do need to embrace the factor of mail-in ballots. I can't tell you how many people, and this is just absentee ballots in general, I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said that they would not have been able to vote in this past November or November's before that, if it was not for absentee balling. And that's things such as getting sick, going on an unexpected vacation, family emergency, things like that. So they do come in clutch for us a little bit. And it's something that we need to embrace for the time being, at least until we have enough of the manpower to repeal that or get them out the vote on election day. Well, but listen, that, listen, that, once once we've given up ground on something, it's hard to take that back. So, you know, if I'm predicting the future, I don't see mail-in ballots going away just because we've already given up that ground. There are things we can do to make mail-in voting more secure. Um, you know, like I do like the fact that in Pennsylvania, you have to request a ballot, Um you know, but in the, the departments of states in each of the states, um, they have to purge voter rolls and things like that. Um, 
to ensure the safety and security, we also have in Pennsylvania, we've had an issue with uh, with drop boxes where people can, can drop that in and no one's monitoring that ballot coming in. Um, you know, so those are all things that we can continue to have a discussion to make mail-in voting even safer, but I, I do think we have to em- embrace it. But I'm, I'm sorry for cutting you off there, Sam. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. And you brought up so many good points. There is a number of security measures that we can be taking that we're not taking. And that's you know partially on me of what I said. is It is very hard to take back the ground that we've already lost. You could say the same thing, such as issues like minimum wage. I know here in Virginia, as of the first, we went from $11 minimum wage to $12 minimum wage. That's something that many politicians are saying that will not be taken away simply for the fact that you just brought up, that it's hard to take back ground you have already lost. But moving on, how do you think Republicans should proceed in the future in order to win? We know that we need to win so many seats, whether it be municipalities, statewide governments, or even the federal government. How do you think we need to proceed with this? Well, you know, I I think for Republicans to win, we have to we have to embrace all forms of of voting. Um, But we really have to uh, to stick to our our morals and and values and the things that we have grown up with and things that we profess. Um, That's really at the heart and soul of the Republican Party and in the conservative movement. Um, You know, so a lot of people talk about the uh, the quote unquote big tent and we want to bring everyone into the Republican Party. I have no problem being inclusive, but I think uh, where we lose ground is when we start to shy away from uh, from the core values that conservatives have always had. Whether those be values of faith, family, um, et cetera. Absolutely. And that's an issue that I personally have seen across the nation is we have, especially the state GAPs. If you look at the state GAPs, they are extremely different from one another. If you look at one state GAP, they may be vastly more conservative than another state GAP. And it's just heartbreaking to look and see how much divide there is amongst our own party. And yes, Being inclusive is a good thing, but as you said, we need to stick to our ground. We need to stand up for the morals that we have believed in, that we have continued to believe in, and we don't need to give up those morals just for the heck of it. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yes, yes. And you brought up the fact of religion. I want to talk about this a little bit. Religion... And of course, this can play into the Roe v. Wade argument. It can play into uh, homosexuality arguments, transgender arguments, all of this and that. Religion, in my personal opinion, plays a large part in politics. I think especially from a conservative perspective, religion plays a huge part of politics. Just for the simple fact that's how you're raised, that's how you live your life. For example, a lot of conservatives will say that, well, the Bible says you should not be transgender. You should not exhibit homosexual habits, right? So naturally, conservatives will probably be more against things such as gay marriage or 
what we're seeing right now with boys going into girls' restrooms and vice versa. But as you said before, we're giving up that ground a little bit. So we're seeing more of this leak into the party very slowly. So I want to get your thoughts on that very issue. Should religion play a part in politics? And what are your thoughts on that? Religion should play a part in politics, but government should not play a part in religion. And what I mean by that is, you know, you know, you use the example of gay marriage. Um, you know, my personal beliefs as as a practicing Roman Catholic um, would not agree with that. Not saying that I don't have friends that are are homosexual and people that I associate with. Um, but, you know, my faith doesn't allow for that. My question is, why is the government saying what marriage is? You know, our own personal beliefs should supersede that of the federal government. And in that way, I, you know, it, it wouldn't matter. You know, you would have a, a, a couple that, uh, that they're married in their eyes, another couple that are married in, in their eyes because of the exclusivity and the teachings of of, of their dogmatic beliefs of their faith. You brought up a good point there, that religion should play a part in politics, but the government shouldn't necessarily play a part in religion. To me, that has always been the concept of separation of church and state. That's what I have always advocated for. That's what I've always said, is that the government should play no part in religion, but religion should have everything to do with, you know, politics and government. That's something that I've really tried to stress amongst my viewers for the past couple of months, ever really since that whole argument come up with the Roe v. Wade, as far as separation of church and state, and the issue of allowing prayer into schools. But, you know, as a Pennsylvania former state representative, and seeing the races that we saw in November and in past years, and of course looking forward to the next midterm election, to the next presidential election, so on and so on. What are your thoughts as far as candidates go? What attributes should a candidate have in order to succeed? What is the strongest qualities for someone to succeed as a candidate? Well, you know, I, I think... What the question you're asking is twofold because what uh, what are the uh, the character traits that a person should have uh, to make them a good uh, public official or you know a good public servant are not always the same as what character traits make someone a good candidate. I could give you a candidate profile and say this is exactly who would win for you know, X, Y, Z office, um, you know, a, a young, um, a young female right now with conservative beliefs uh, would be a great candidate. Um, just because they are young and they're female, does that make them a good public servant? Not necessarily. So, you know, you need to, to, um, to look at those kind of in, in, in two different ways. Um, who can win in, if you're asked the next presidential election, um, you know, I think we're going to look, want to look for, uh, candidates that are not coming from public office. Uh, I think 
seeing President Trump and uh, and the wave that he brought through the party uh, really showed that an outsider, uh, someone with a business background and expertise, the the ability to uh, to budget and to live within a budget, other things that uh, that really were popular in the last um, in the presidential election that President Trump uh, originally ran in, and I think will be popular in the next next presidential election as well. That truly is a great answer. And like you said, opening that question up to be bold can kind of be misleading. There is a lot of issues. We look at, I believe it's Kentenji Brown-Jackson that Biden appointed to the United States Supreme Court. And we look at Vice President Kamala Harris. You know, with both of those positions, he pretty much said that he was going to choose a female of color to assume those positions, that he was going to nominate them for those positions. And just like you said, does those characteristics really make them a good leader? And the answer is no. You have to judge each case scenario for itself. Maybe, you know, a female of color is the best candidate, but you shouldn't just limit the search to that specific filter, I guess you would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And this, it's a great conversation that we're having here. I like the point that you brought up about President Trump. People are tired of politicians. People want to elect someone that has not been in office for three, four, five, six decades. They want someone who has never been in office. I'm going to brag a little bit about a candidate here in Virginia. Her name is Jen Higgins. She actually just got sworn into office today in Congress for Washington, D.C. She initially, a couple years back, I think it was 2019, maybe the term before that, but she was in the healthcare field. She saw an issue, so she ran for state Senate, and now she's in Congress. Those are the kind of candidates that people want. The candidates like Donald Trump, who have not been in office before. The kind of people that saw an issue and decided to actually get off their couch and do something about it and help Americans or the people in their states and their constituents. Being a former state representative, what kinds of policies should we be pushing from a conservative perspective or just a perspective to help people in general? Maybe it's not a specific party. Maybe it's just completely and across the board yay vote what kinds of policies should people be pushing for today whether it is biased or unbiased as far as party well so you know let me say this um i believe that pushing for excuse me pushing for additional policies is something we need to do but we also need to safeguard um things that are already within legislation um, that are being eroded by the far left. Um, You know, what I'm really getting to uh, in the crux of is, you know, our Second Amendment rights. Um, We have to continue to defend those Second Amendment rights. And you're from Virginia, so you guys have had your your issues down there with that. I I know I've been following some of that. you know, but we need to safeguard rights that are already constitutionally protected. Once we've done that, then we need to look at what is good public policy. And I really think that uh, good public policy um, would be in the realm of 
uh, of business uh, business taxation, um, looking at uh, making our our country or our individual state be friendlier to business, uh, putting less onerous restrictions on them, um, deregulating. Uh, making it businesses to operate because those businesses then in turn uh, create jobs within our communities. And uh, and so I think that needs to be a legislative priority at state levels and at the federal level. And uh, and then the other thing I think that uh, that we really have to look at is education. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that a parent knows best on how to educate their child, what to teach their child, children. And uh, I, I'm seeing in a lot of our public school districts where uh, their, their teaching and their curriculum has just gone off the rails. And, uh, and because of that, I think school choice is so important. And, uh, and I really would like to see more states um, including the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, to uh, to embrace school choice measures, and uh, and I think our families and our children uh, would be better off. I've always agreed with the phrase that all politics is local. I truly believe that, and it's something that I'm going to continue believing. I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that. I don't think people understand how big of a change that they can make at such a small level of government. Whether it's municipalities or even a state uh, representative, such as House of Delegates or State Senate, State Representative, whatever it may be, you can still make a difference at those levels. Not just a difference can be made on just the national level. A difference can be made at all levels of government. That's an aspect that I think a lot of people have lost sight of or never even thought of before. Well, and, that, and you know, you know, I, I just want to piggyback on what you were saying. You know, it's not just that state politics are important. Your local politics are important. Um, and I was just advocating for school choice. But, you know, the people that run for school board are important because they're making decisions about uh, how to spend your tax dollars to educate your children. Um, and not only that, they can raise your taxes. Um, you know, so the, those people down to the very local level of, uh, of a municipality township supervisor or a township auditor, um, all of those are important positions and, and we need good conservative people to fill them. 100%. Matt, I, I see on your laptop here, you got your a reference to a sticker that you have, Commonalities. I believe that's your podcast, your radio, whatever it is. Can you tell us a little bit about that so that people know where to listen to more of your ideas at? Sure. So I, uh, I, I started hosting in the month of November a new show called Commonalities. And uh, while there's, you know, no disguising the fact that I'm a conservative Republican, uh, I achieved uh, an A rating with, with CPAC and people like that. Um, that's all public record, so people know that. But on the show Commonalities, we like to look at the yin and the yang of issues. So approach it from each direction. And uh, what I, I truly believe we need to make America successful is to bring civility in politics back. 
And, uh, you know, we, we really didn't get a whole lot to uh, this in, in your podcast today. But, you know, politics has become a very aggressive, very dirty um, recreational sport, and it shouldn't be. Um, we, should, we should look at it um, the way our founding fathers looked at it and be able to have civil discussions because you and I may both agree that the educational system is broken. Um, obviously, I want to see school choice. You may, to, if you're sitting on the left, put more money into uh, paying teachers better because you think that will improve the, the process. We both have decided that education is broken. So when we can start with that, then we can have civil discussions and, uh, and really decide how best to fix uh, the system that we're living with it within. And that's the point of my show, Commonalities. Um, so let me throw out the URLs and the contact info. You can find uh, more information about the show or myself on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Look for Matthew D as in David Dowling. Um, or you can uh, visit my website, www.matthewddowling.com or Commonalities, uh, the podcast has a site, which is www.commonalities.online. Or, you know, just Google me, Matthew Dowling, uh, and throw in there Pennsylvania, and you'll find me. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on today. It has truly been a pleasure talking to you, picking your brain about how we should move forward as a country. And I absolutely agree with you that we need to find more common ground on all levels of government so that we can succeed and move forward as a country, not towards the left or towards the right, but just as one singular America so that we don't have as much division. Of course, right now, unfortunately, we're not at that point. We have so much division within our own parties, whether that's the Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, or Green parties. But hopefully at some point we can find more common ground on the national level as well. But thank yeah, well, you so much for coming on. And it's, been, it's been my pleasure. Absolutely. And hopefully we can do it again sometime. We'll stay in touch and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. And I'll have this episode out just as soon as I can. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Have a great day. All right. Thank you, Matthew. You as well.